Welcome all of you fellow arcanists out there to the Frith Guild podcast where we explore the amazing world full of mystical creatures and their partners. My name is Eric and I'll be your guide along this journey through pirate infested waters. So you better strap on your swords and get ready to defend the seas from evildoers. I'll be talking all things mystical creatures and swashbuckling tales throughout this series. If you have not caught up to the chapters being discussed today, I urge you to hit the pause button to read to catch up. I will be here when you get back. I'll be avoiding spoilers throughout the reading and encourage everyone to send me your thoughts and comments on the chapters and your favorite moments and creatures within. Alas, it is now time to set sail and begin our voyage across the seas. Welcome to episode two of the Frith Guild podcast. And in this episode, we're going to go over chapters one through five of Nightmare Arcanus, the first book in Seamus Doval's Frith Chronicles series. I'm going to start with the chapter summaries, and here we go. In the first book of the Frith Guild Chronicles, Nightmare Arcanus, we are introduced to the main characters, Volksavon and Ilya, as they live on a tiny isle named the Isle of Ruma. The Isle is a very quaint place as it only has one port and one village. Volk and Ilya, who are our main characters, are apprentices to Gravekeeper William as he was the only one to take them in after unfortunate events occurred to both Volk and Ilya's individual parents. They arrived 10 years ago and now are turning of age in these series, putting them at around 15 years old. This year marks the year that the phoenixes are ready to bond with their potential humans as they only bond every 10 years. If you thought you were going to get a chance to bond to a phoenix, then sadly you are mistaken as there are only two and Schoolmaster Times makes sure that he is the only one that gets to choose who is worthy to bond. Even though he himself is not bonded, Volk is not among the worthy candidates but decides that he's going to change his fate in gate crashes trying to participate in the trial of worth or challenge all mystical creatures required before bonding. After being absolutely embarrassed off the stage, we learn that our hero may not be able to change his fate after all. That is, until his sister tells him that while everyone was attending the trial of worth, she was doing some snooping herself. Ilya had discovered the phoenixes were not the only possible option to bond with on the isle, as there are some creatures that are stranded and are meant to be wrangled up and shipped out shortly. Well, as if fate were giving them a ch second chance, Volk and Ilya set out to look for these creatures. Unfortunately, fate did not hold out as Gravekeeper William catches them about to sneak out and give them, gives them a pep talk that he will help them find a way to change their stars. Like angsty teenagers, they say thanks for the talk and sneak out the window since they can't go out the front door now. Phew. Now that they avoided Gravekeeper William, they are free and clear. But who's that? Lyle Wren, snobby little kid that wants to embarrass Volk, sees them sneaking off too and does what any other bratty little kid would do, follows them while the rest of the town is sleeping. Upon reaching their journey's end to the Endless Mires, Volk, Ilya, and Lyle happen to meet upon a strange ferret-looking creature at the end of the edge of the mire. And Ilya proves her wit by regaling the story about how she got away from pirates that claimed her eye. 
we find Nicolin and Riz the Rizzle Eldrin, and they bond ending chapter five. All right, now that we've covered chapters one through five overview, we're going to go into a deeper dive into each of these individual chapters, starting with chapter one. This is where we meet Volk Savan, our unsuspecting hero, and Ilya, our unsuspecting heroine. We're given description of Volk as a six foot tall with black hair, and he's one of the tallest people on the aisle outside of Gravekeeper William. And this is showing that he is definitely an outsider compared to the rest of the residents of the Isle of Ruma, as most others are either blonde hair or red hair. And since he's the tallest at six feet, you can assume that most people are short, significantly shorter than that here. Volk and Ilya are grave diggers. They're apprenticed to Gravekeeper William. And they had joined him about 10 years ago when they ended up on the Isle. Ilya showed up, uh, washed up on shore after escaping from pirates that her parents had encountered and she was able to escape from. Now, she may not have escaped from them cleanly as she did lose her right eye to them. Volk's parents are briefly stated as Blackhearts. Um, they, his father was convicted of murder and his mother was a thief and had abandoned the family. Volk decides that he's going to prove his worth by participating in the Trials of Worth. And these Trials of Worth differ between mystical creature, but he's wanting to prove it with as a Phoenix Arcanist. And he makes sure that he is prepared and ready to go to the Trial of Worth that is happening on this day. Now, with the tradition of this aisle, which tradition is everything, those that work uh, with, with trash or bodies are not allowed to participate or even show up to this trial of worth event of the ceremony. But Volk is tired of being the outsider and, and wanting to leave the aisle, so he takes a chance with this and he moves on. We end chapter one at the Trial of Worth ceremony and Schoolmaster Time, who is the orchestrator of this event, um, tells everybody that once you pass through the arches that you are an official participant for the Trial of Worth. And there are two other participants that he has. And the first one is Zaxus Wren, and the other is Addie Tritzabel. And this is where chapter one ends, and we'll pick up into chapter two. Schoolmaster Times has been the, um, essentially the, the one that chooses who gets to participate in the Trial of Worth. And for the last few decades, he's actually only chosen enough candidates for phoenixes that are willing to bond. So in this situation, there's two phoenixes that are willing to bond. There's only two candidates he picks. Makes it a lot easier for those two to make sure that they get that. So with the phoenix trial worth, they are required to walk up the pillar that's in the center of the town that stands about 120 feet up 
and there to walk up the steps of the hall, 112 steps, to retrieve a charberry fruit, which is the tree that produces the fruit at the very top of the pillar and actually attracts the phoenixes to this aisle. And this is why this particular aisle is known for phoenixes. So they're to retrieve a charberry fruit and bring it back down. And the phoenixes will choose which one they see is a better tasting looking one. And then the second part of it is a, a part of a trial of knowledge, which again, Schoolmaster Times is in regards is the, the oversight of. So I just want to go over quickly the pillar itself, the 112 steps. It's about 120 feet tall, or for those that use a metric system across the pond or anywhere else outside of the United States, uh, it's roughly 36.5 meters, and it's equivalent to a 12-story building. Now, I, I personally enjoy when I hear when I hear 120 feet, 12-story building. I have a hard time visualizing that, so I was looking up something similar. And the closest thing I could find was a, a, the average height of a Ferris wheel or a semi-truck semi with trailer. So that gives you about an idea about how big that pillar is. And, and Volk not only walks it, but he actually sprints it as he's being chased by Zaxxus. Because Zaxxus believes that he shouldn't be there either. And that Volk is trying to steal Zaxxus' phoenix, even though... Again, this is a trial of worth, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pass, even though you're the only candidate. So Volk successfully makes it up the pillar, grabs his charberry fruit, and runs back down it, being chased after by Zaxxus. And Addie is actually just walking up it with at her own pace, very calm manner. This isn't a timed event, so it's not... Like it requires them to be the first ones back or the fastest uh, up and back or, you know, however. So she's taking her time as she should. And uh, Volk gets to the bottom and cleans his fruit off with a cloth and some water. And places it on the desk that's positioned on the stage for the phoenixes. And Zaxxus was in such a hurry to show up Volk that he just places his fruit on there which actually turns out to be a you know, almost a potential problem for Zaxxus because once Addie returns with her fruit that she takes her most time for to, to find the perfect one she cleans it and presents it for the phoenixes and the phoenixes both fly around and the first phoenix decides on Addie's strawberry fruit and the second phoenix actually chooses volks and you get a lot of excitement for volk of this actually may work out for him this may actually keep keep going so then in chapter three schoolmaster times begins to uh, do the knowledge portion which is encompassing of anything that uh, any history for the aisle or any of the steps that uh, on each step of the pillar there is a virtue that each arcanist should have in order to be a good arcanist and again there's 112 of these so it takes some time to remember 
and Schoolmaster Times is very forthcoming when it comes to his dislike towards Volk. His first question to Volk was meant to throw him off and basically get him eliminated immediately. However, Volk studied and knows his information, so he was able to answer it properly. The other two got super easy questions. You know, who's the island named after? What, uh, what, Eldrin or the mystical creature that Gregory Ruma, who the, the isle is named after, what his Eldrin or mystical creature was, which is a Leviathan. And then it gets back to Volk, and the schoolmaster asks Volk, "Hey, do you, you know, tell me what number you know what is on step number thirty-three, I believe?" And Volk rattles it off, thinking that he did it. And the schoolmaster asks him another question, and he confused though, he, you know, because he's expecting this to be a single question, single answer, and then move on to the next contestant, but. Schoolmaster Times again is making it a point to show him off or prove that Volk isn't belong and you know doesn't belong there. So he asks Volk what step number one hundred and twelve is. Well, step number one hundred eleven and one hundred and twelve are destroyed and cannot be read. So unfortunately, Volk has not been able to locate or find what though that number is. Or what the the part is on it, so the the words on it. So he says he doesn't know, and Schoolmaster Times refers the question to Addy and to Zaxus, and in turn they they can answer the question because they were in his class and they knew exactly what the answer was. Um, and and honestly, I I can't can't help from making a, a connection between. Uh, in like Harry Potter with, with how Severus Snape was so uh, against or hate, hated Harry in the beginning and didn't like his, his, you know, was very adamant of showing that he did not like him. And Schoolmaster Times is, is regarded as the you know, all-knowing person, the the absolute end of, and end all be all as far as it comes to magic and mystical creatures and all this within, within the aisle. So after Volk essentially gets shamed and embarrassed off of the stage and concludes that he's not going to bond with a phoenix, uh, he he runs back and uh, finds himself sitting the edge of the area, looking out at the, the sea. And uh, Ilya comes up to him, and Ilya states that she wasn't there for the ceremony. And explains to Volk that the reason why she wasn't there, not because she wasn't allowed to be there because she's a grave digger, but because she was actually looking for information that she had heard about. And she'd heard about from other um, merchants that are that would visit the port in Ruma. And their reports are saying that there are other mystical creatures that are actually stranded on on this isle. So she's making up an, a, a plan to go out and try to find these creatures before an arcanist from the mainland comes and retrieves them themselves. As they where chapter three ends off. Chapter four begins with Vulcan and Ilya getting up early as they can to leave 
the cottage and head out toward the endless mire, which is where these other arcanists or these, sorry, these mystical creatures are supposedly strandled at, stranded at. And Gravekeeper William actually catches them before they get out of the, the door. And Gravekeeper William was a naval officer prior to being a gravekeeper on Isle of Ruma. He is not an arcanist, but has worked his life in an honorable manner. And he notices a lot that, that something's going on between Vulcan and Ilya, so he doesn't um, necessarily, you know, let them just get off scotch free before they get out of the house. And convinces them, hey, let's give it till the morning and we can talk about what, what else we can do to help you guys so that you're not just running off into the, you know, nowhere without a plan or you just staying here to, to be a grave digger and eventually to be a grave keeper for your entire life. He understands they have other things they want to do with their lives, things outside of this. And, and granted, he had other plans for being outside of a grave keeper, but he understood this is where he's he belongs now and this is what he does so um he since he takes them in he actually takes over the role of their father and gravekeeper william does a great job at this as he he doesn't force them to, to call him dad or anything like that he he just fills in that role and he's he's truly trying to just look out for them and do the best by them and help them achieve what they want to achieve and not just have them stuck so um he he does ex uh, does it is explained that he runs his house like he runs the ship to, you know everything has a place and everything's you know everything's in its place um, being prior military myself, I, I completely understand that. And making sure that everything's where it's supposed to be so that you know exactly where it is at any given time is, is crucial. All right, so moving into chapter five here. Vulcanilia go back and rather than go back to bed and, you know, wait for the morning like Gravekeeper William asks, they sneak out the window like again like any angsty teenager that is told no and they think that they know better however um volk had the foresight to at least be like you know what i think before i leave i, I need to possibly grab something to to defend myself in case i have to and that'll prove to be a good decision later on so as, as Volk and Ilya are leaving, uh, they have to go through town and they're, they're trying to be quiet and sneaky as they don't want anybody seeing them out before everybody else is awake because uh, people think they're up to no good. They're almost through the town and lo and behold, Lyle Wren, who is Zax's younger brother, uh, finds them and, you know, Lyle is, is obviously up to no good. You know, he's doing some mischief and trying to take some wind out of his older brother's sails since his older brother's the, you know, unfortunately sounds like the, the favorite of the family and he's the forgotten one. So he's going to be too old next time when it comes to the trial of worth because the only 
takes place every 10 years. And mystical creatures aren't going to want to bond with somebody as that old. So Lyle is just kind of acting out because he's he's not going to have the same opportunity that uh, Zaxxus has. And he's kind of bummed out about that. So since Lyle sees Vulcan Ilya sneaking around, they can draw a conclusion. You know, he can draw a conclusion that they're up to no good. And they tell them, uh, Volk tells him that they're heading to the Endless Mire to pick up some herbs, some ingredients that Gravekeeper William wants. And him seeing through that was, you know, oh, I'm going to tag along with you. So they get out to the Endless Mire. And Lyle puts things together pretty quickly that they're not going out there just to pick out herbs or ingredients for Gravekeeper William. And that Vulcanillion kind of have to spill the plan to Lyle so that way they can, you know, keep him quiet and happy so that way they can still attempt to get a mystical creature to bond with them. So after they enter into the, the woods there, the Endless Mire, they run into a their first mystical creature out in the wild. And uh, at first they think it's just a, a ferret because yeah, it's a very... The, the creature is a very ferrety looking um, he introduces himself as a Rizzle and each mystical creature's trial of worth is different so he wants instead of you know the an offering like the fruit or the the knowledge for the phoenixes Rizzles would prefer a trial of worth that shows uh, a person's wit and ask the three of them since you know it has to be a trial and you can't have a trial without more than one person so or with, with less than one person so so Ilya explains her story about how she managed to get away from the pirates that captured her mom and dad and um, but she wasn't able to escape before losing her right eye to one of the pirates. They, they actually cut it out of her and um, she has scars and she's very self-conscious about it. So that is one of those that we'll see throughout the series. And the, the result is very enthralled with the story and very, likes it a lot. And Volk finally says, well, you know, when it's his turn, he says, well, and, would you bond with somebody whose father was a murderer and mother was a thief? And the Rizzle says, eh, probably not. No, I don't think so. And Volk, Volk does this for a couple of reasons. And, you know, I could definitely look at it and, you know, appreciate it because Volk didn't, for one, Volk didn't want to take away Ilya's chance of bonding with a creature, even though he, he was the one that really wants to bond. Um, he, he's also, selfless in that respect that he doesn't necessarily want to take it away from her or you know he's not going to cut her throat to to get this bonding and um that that really shows to his character and there's a lot of frustrating times with volk you know later on and again i'm going to keep this spoiler free as far as outside of the chapters being discussed once we once we read the chapters, we'll definitely be able to you know dive a little bit deeper and you know, so. 
but uh for now we're not gonna not try not to get too far into it but um but yeah Ilya Ilya is able to bond with with the Rizzle and his name is Nicolin and these mystical creatures can talk for themselves they are, they have a voice they can uh, voice their own thoughts they don't have to have, they don't have a mental connection with somebody or anything like that so um, it, it's fun that that these creatures are able to communicate along with the, the you know the arcanist so so that's that's the end of our deep dive into chapters one through five um, we're gonna move into our next section it's called the bestiary I'm gonna do this toward the end of the, the sections each podcast and basically just going to discuss um, some of the mystical creatures that we encounter during the section and or these chapters um, and kind of go over them briefly as far as maybe their trials of worth and some of the magic that they can produce as these um, mystical creatures are so and again there's there's going to be some information that I'm going to give um that won't make a whole lot of sense right now but we'll learn more information about it later on but we'd like to at least start this so that way um it's incorporated either way so we've only met two mystical creatures at this point in time one of them are the phoenixes that we see the trial worth for for um, the, the ceremony and these phoenixes are described as heroin and uh, a heron in build with a tail of a peacock they are gold and red their bodies are essentially made of fire they are able to evoke and manipulate fire and can augment healing um, again later on in a few a couple more episodes we'll go over the evocation manipulation and augmentation abilities but again for for now and I'll, I'll bring these back up later with uh, phoenixes that they're able to evoke and manipulate fire but I, they and they can augment healing so basically they not only can they produce fire but they can heal people as well it's uh not not as required with uh phoenix tears like in harry potter but um it's still a good ability of healing. They're actually fairly well known for their healing properties. And then next we're going to, we have the second uh, mystical creature that we're looking at, which is going to be the Rizzle. And Rizzles are described as uh, ferret looking creatures with silver stripes going down their bright white coat of fur. Rizzles can evoke white flames that particleize objects and send them scattered around. If anybody's seen the older Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, and remember the the scene with the the boy talking about the TV and how the uh, the particles go through the air and then they get reassembled in the correct order again to to produce a picture. Uh, kind of same same concept with Rizzles, except if used against objects it's not going to get reassembled in the right order uh, rizzles can manipulate gravity and they're able to augment objects and people by teleporting them and i have to give a, a good shout out to the frith chronicles wiki page they um they, they help provide some information that i use today especially with the 
different evocation manipulation augmentations uh, and then with the final section I'm gonna go over some of the pillar steps and again this is something I'm gonna do as far as I can until we potentially run out of different uh, steps from the pillar as these pillar steps are going to be constantly uh, reiterated and talked about throughout the whole series uh, for we're gonna start with what we know and we're gonna start with step one integrity without it we cannot have trust step two passion without it we grow complacent in step three discipline without it we are not masters of our destiny I, I really do enjoy these steps as they are not only just a, you know, they're not only meant to be a, you know, things to live by for arcanists or for, for people that are, are going to be held to a higher standard. But honestly, with all the steps that I recall reading, it's just had a you know, good way to live life anyways. Um, you know, it's definitely gives you something to think about and to, to keep, keep value and look towards you know for the future so all right and that that's going to conclude this section of episode two uh, i want to say thank you for listening uh you can find me on pod in order to listen to podcasts other other podcasts you can find me on podbean google podcasts amazon music audible tune in and alexa our heart radio and my facebook page and that Facebook page is Frith Guild Podcast. I'll leave all the links to all of these in the show notes at the bottom of today's description. And again, I want to give you a special thanks to the Frith Chronicles Wiki with the information. And I'm actually going to be using them quite often for some of this information. So if you have any questions or comments, please uh, feel free to ask and uh, I'll include my, my email address at the bottom as well, what it is, but it is going to be uh, frithguildpod at gmail.com. And please review and comment and let me know how I'm doing, if there's something I could be doing better for you guys, if you guys uh, are liking the stream. And please share it to anybody that you can. I know that these books were not the uh, at the top of the bestsellers list, I love them, I really do, and I, I tell them to everybody that I could possibly find that enjoys fantasy series like this, so um, yeah, thank you, and we'll see you guys next episode.